It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Monday to you. Welcome into a new week on the program. Hope that uh, your weekend was great. And we'll try and get your week started off right here. And unfortunately, I've got to start off with some bad news for those of us who are ice cream fans. And I would certainly count myself as one of those. Although I haven't had as much ice cream so far this summer as I would normally have because of my change in diet but man i do love a good a good cup of ice cream i used to when i was a kid we would have ice cream all the time if we didn't go out for ice cream we had it in the freezer you'd usually have a couple of scoops after dinner but i don't know there was something about going out to an ice cream stand and actually getting yourself a sundae or a cone that just felt different And when I was a kid growing up, I mean, I've lived all over, but I grew up in, you know, my family's from Randolph. So for us, it was if we were visiting my grandmother on a Sunday and we wanted to go out and get some ice cream, it was Dairy Barn, which was, I think it's a former Dairy Queen. I honestly think it was a Dairy Queen at one point. Yeah, it definitely was a Dairy Queen at one point. And then they changed it to an independent place and it was Dairy Barn. So we would go there. Uh, There were a couple of other places that we would go. But, of course, we would always take the drive sometimes down Route 18 in Whitman and go to Peaceful Meadows. I think Peaceful Meadows, if I remember correctly, had cows back in the 80s that you could check out. They had uh, certainly a nice view of the farmland. Maybe it was Welcome Farms I was thinking of that had the cows. One of them had a cow on the roof. I think that was Welcome Farms. But Peaceful Meadows, I'm sure if you've ever been out that way, if you'd ever gone to King's Castle Land when you were a kid, remember that, King's Castle Land? Or maybe you brought your kids there. You probably stopped at Peaceful Meadows and had some ice cream. Well, they're going to be on the auction block coming up in uh, the end of August. So this was a family-run business that started, the farm itself started in 1920. And the ice cream stand started in 1963, two, 1962. And so it's been going for over 60 years now. They expanded out in the 70s, late 70s, into Middleborough, and then in the early 80s into Plymouth. Last year, actually at the end of 2021, the Middleborough location closed down for the season, which was weird because they were always open year-round. But they closed down for the holidays. Uh, and they told us at the time, you know, Casey Dudek, formerly Casey Sylvia, she reached out to find out why they were closed. And at that time, they told her it's because they couldn't find enough people to work and it was the holidays, so they figured they would just shut down. Well, they never reopened. And instead, a new business took over. Uh, Tom and Jimmy's is now in there. So that's, and that's a chain that goes, they have a couple of uh, locations around the Taunton area. And they've partnered with Dell's Lemonade. 
So that's in the Middleborough location. Now, the Plymouth location is still going strong. They're going to stay open. But the Whitman location, the flagship, the original Peaceful Meadows ice cream stand, is going to be going on the auction block. They're going to be open throughout the rest of the summer, but they're going on the auction block August 29th. So if you were in the market for an ice cream stand, a farm, a couple of houses, this might be the deal for you. And the land that it comes on is pretty significant. They're going to have a viewing on uh, August 22nd, your chance to go and explore the property and check it out for yourself to see if you're interested in placing a bid. But it's going to include, I'm going to give you all the stuff that it includes. The ice cream stand, including the barns, the home and offices, as well as the equipment, a second lot right next door to it, which is 55 acres of agricultural land, a single-family home a little bit down the road, and a two-family home a little bit down the road from that. So they're going to put it all on the auction block. They'll auction it off separately or combined, depending on you know who wants it and how much they want to pay. And it says here, which I think is very interesting, this is probably something that happens all the time in property auctions, but I don't go to a lot of property auctions, so I wouldn't know. The properties will be offered individually and in the entirety to the highest bidders, regardless of price. And I find that to be interesting because basically what they're saying is the owners are walking away. The owners want to be done with it. They just want to be done with it. They're going to take what they get and then just move on, which I find very interesting because you would think that much property if you would put that on the market, you could get a significant amount of money for it, but you'd also have to have somebody who was interested in paying market value for that. And here it looks like the owners are saying, you know what? Like we don't, we don't even care about market value. We just, we just want to get something and move on and be done. We just want to close up this season and then you know, retire or what have you. It just says that they are voluntarily selling which I think is an important thing for anybody that's a prospective buyer because I think what you're saying with that is, you know, they're not backward, they're not upside down on the property, they're not, they're not uh, delinquent on taxes. So I think by saying, you know, voluntarily selling, it expresses the fact that, hey, you have nothing to fear if you want to purchase this property. So it'll be interesting to see how much that goes for. My guess would be that the lots will probably all get it, you know, auctioned off individually. But we'll see. I mean, if I'm, am I, I don't think I'm around on the 29th. No, I might be. I think I'm, I think I'm back from Michigan by then. So maybe I'll go down there and just kind of see what that process is. Although this might not even be like, you know, an actual, because they're, they're taking bids now. They're actually taking offers. So maybe it's, you know, going to be anticlimactic, whatever happens on the 29th, but maybe on the 22nd, maybe I'll see, hey, you know, can I come down on a press pass and, and tour the property and just see not so much the property itself, but see who might else also be on that tour? Who might be interested? Is this, is this going to turn into another location for another local ice cream business? 
Or is somebody going to come in and buy it and turn it into something completely different? But I think a lot of you probably have gone down to Peaceful Meadows. Sure, certainly, the Middleborough one was a popular location, you know, to anybody within the sound of my voice. I don't know how often you went up to Whitman. But again, it was one of those things where if you were going to King's Castle Land, that's where you were going for ice cream afterward, unless you got it at the park. I don't know about you, but my, my dad was always like, eh, it's too expensive in the park. We'll get ice cream afterwards on the way home. There's a reason why <laughs> there's always ice cream places right near amusement parks for that very reason. We used to, um, we used to go to uh, Six Flags in New Jersey. And there was a great like barbecue restaurant right down the street from the park. And my dad would always say, you know, instead of eating at the park, which will cost us a fortune for everybody to eat, you know, we'll, we'll go there afterwards. And I was like, I'd much rather have barbecue than, you know, a park cheeseburger or a park hot dog. That was great to me. And we would always bring, you know, lunch with us. This is, this is a good tip, parents. If you, if you uh, want to save a few dollars... Pack a cooler, pack a picnic lunch, put it in the in the park, you know, keep it in the car in the parking lot, and then you can just walk out, have yourself that picnic, go back into the park. Saved us a lot of money over the years. Although when my son was younger, I think we picked convenience over cost, and we would usually just say, okay, you want chicken fingers? Fine. But we only had one child. My parents had five. So you... <laughs> You've got to do what you can to save money. Anyway, so there's more details about that at WBSM.com and on the app if you want to find out more about it. But I, I put it up there and I uh, out on social media and I was kind of blown away by the number of people here locally that had memories of going there. And I you know, tried to reach out to a few people that I knew and said, well, why would you go to all the way to Whitman for ice cream? And again, it was, you know, King's Castle Land played a big part in it. Or I think one person told me, you know, I used to go to the Westgate Mall because I could go to stores that I couldn't get to down here. So I would go to the Westgate Mall and I would take Route 18 and go up to Brockton that way. Which is a nice ride if you've ever done it. You've got to have the time, though, because there's, there's quite a few red lights. But if you've got the time, it's a nice little scenic drive and nice and relaxing and Probably takes you just, you know, 10 minutes more than it takes you to go on the highway. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and jump in into the conversation. We also, you know, we had a lot of news news that happened over the weekend. Uh, we had a few incidents of traffic issues. We had a, a New Bedford man being charged with OUI and vehicular homicide in the death of a Fall River motorcyclist. That crash put one person in the hospital and, and killed another. And the person that is in the hospital has uh, critical injuries. Then there was also the crash that happened yesterday afternoon in Dartmouth in which two elderly people were riding in a GMC Acadia and they struck a, a Cadillac in a head-on collision. And the gentleman that was driving the Cadillac was pronounced dead at the scene. And the, uh, the two elderly folks that were in the GMC were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, but still very serious injuries. So unfortunately, 
you know, this is the time of year when these, these things happen. There's a lot of people out on the road, a lot of tourists. This happened on Chase Road in Dartmouth, which a lot of the folks that live in that area talk about how dangerous it is when people aren't paying attention on that road. So our condolences go out to the families of the victims and our thoughts and prayers go out to the folks who are still recovering from those crashes. But just something to keep in mind when you're out there that, you know, you might be the best driver in the world. But you don't always know if somebody else is paying attention and doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you can check those stories out again at WBSM.com and on the app if you want more of those details. Also on the website. We have your chance to win, and on the app as well. We have your chance to win tickets to two different contests we're going to be running all week long. I love giving away tickets. I love giving away your chance to go and see things. And this week, we've got your chance to see a musical and a concert. We have tickets to give away all week to the New Bedford Festival Theater's performance of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat that's happening at the Zyterian. So you can enter to win tickets there. And we also have tickets to give away to Brett Michaels' Party Gras Tour. Now, what is that? Well, I think you know Brett Michaels, right? He's the lead singer of Poison. We used to have Your Morning Metal on my 9 o'clock program. Maybe we can still do it in, in this program. It's just it's a little early for some metal. So it, it's probably something we'd have to do like in the 8 o'clock hour after people are already up and awake. But we would have Your Morning Metal where I would play a metal song, which came about because uh, when I went to see Iron Maiden last year, I was playing some Iron Maiden songs, kind of getting myself hyped up for the show. And folks were like, hey, play more of that. Play more Maiden. Play more metal. And so we actually made it a little kind of regular thing. And Brett Michaels was nice enough to record a couple of uh, liners for us introducing Your Morning Metal. So maybe, maybe we'll bring that back. But either way, we'll have tickets to give away to Party Gras, and that's Brett Michaels of Poison. He's the headline act for the tour. But also with him is Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray, which you're probably familiar with their song Fly and Every Morning, and uh, there's other ones too, Someday. Then uh, Night Ranger, known for Sister Christian. Jefferson Starship. You know, we built this city, and nothing's going to stop us now. And they actually had a lot of tracks in the 70s that, that did pretty well as Jefferson Starship before they became Starship. And I don't, I don't know if there's any original members left. But they still put on a phenomenal show. Uh, Steve Augeri, who was the lead singer of Journey in the late 90s into the early 2000s. And, and as I mentioned, Brett Michaels himself singing all the greatest hits of Poison. So if you want to enter to win those contests, you can do so at WBSM.com and on the app. We will draw a winner for each each day. So you just go there, you enter in all your information, and then we will randomly select a winner each day this week for those tickets. And speaking of this week, I will be with you all the way until all the way through Thursday. I will not be here Friday. And I will not be here next Monday. I'm heading out to Gettysburg for a paranormal convention. But Jack Spillane is going to fill in for us uh, on those days. He's also going to be with us this morning in the 8 o'clock hour for our regular 
turning on the light segment. It's been a few weeks since we've had Jack, so uh, he'll be back with us to talk about all things going on on the South Coast, and we'll take your phone calls. 508-996-0500. Right now, though, I've got to take my first break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Oh. I told you about strawberry peels. You know the place where nothing is real. Well, here's another place you can go. And, you know, uh, last couple weeks ago, I was on Block Island, and they, they have a store there called The Glass Onion. And a friend of mine that I was, you know, hanging out with was was walking around with me, and he's like, you know, what's what's a glass onion? And I was like, oh, you don't know what a glass onion is? It's these, it's these caskets that they would have. Uh, they were popular in, I think, Victorian-era England, where you would have a, a, a basically see-through, and you would be able to see into who was inside the casket so you would have a closed casket but you could see inside and uh you can still find some of them around it's always been my dream to get a horse-drawn hearse i don't know where i would put it i don't know where i would keep it i don't know what i would do with it but they're always so ornate and beautiful that i i always wanted to like you know find one in somebody's barn they're like yeah just get that out of here i, I don't want that anymore because i just think that'd be the coolest thing to have but maybe that's just because i'm weird Maybe that's because I like collecting funerary stuff and things that other people think are macabre and weird and strange. Uh, so if you have any weird or strange things, hey, let me know. I'll take it off your hands. All right. Well, right now, though, it is time to go into the newsroom. We're going to get all of the big stories of the day with Adam Bass. President Biden is in London on the first leg of a five-day European trip. He arrived over the weekend for a high-stakes visit leading up to the NATO summit. Biden will meet with British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak early this morning and later visit with King Charles at Windsor Castle. He then travels to Lithuania to hold talks with NATO leaders in a show of support for Ukraine. Congress is back in session this week after the 4th of July break. The biggest item on the agenda for the House of Representatives is the $88.6 billion National Defense Authorization Act, which conservatives are using as a platform to object to what they say is progressive social policy from the Pentagon. In the Senate, Democrats on the Judiciary Committee want to work on establishing ethics standards for Supreme Court justices. A lawsuit that was looking for reparations related to the 1921 Tulsa race massacre has been dismissed. Trey Thomas reports. The case was filed on behalf of the last three survivors of the assault, which was carried out by a white mob in a community called Black Wall Street. Roughly 300 black people were killed in the incident. An Oklahoma judge dismissed it on Friday with prejudice, saying she agreed with the defendants, who argued the plaintiffs did not suffer individual effects from the massacre. I'm Trey Thomas. 
Police in Cleveland are still looking for the suspect who opened fire on a group of people early Sunday, wounding nine. Officers responded to calls of shots fired in the city's warehouse district around 2.30 a.m. The suspect had already fled the area by the time they arrived. Seven men and two women were shot, with one person seriously wounded. Investigators say they still aren't sure what led up to the shooting. Severe weather is bearing down on areas throughout the U.S. More than 30 million Americans are under some kind of heat alert, and excessive temperatures are likely in parts of Southern California, Arizona, and Nevada through the week. In Texas, the city of El Paso set a record Sunday for the longest streak of consecutive days above 100 degrees at 24 in a row. Meanwhile, severe storms began sweeping the northeast on Sunday, affecting hundreds of flights at key travel hubs. Officials say places like New York and Vermont could see catastrophic flooding through Monday. A boat from Senegal carrying 200 migrants has gone missing off the Canary Islands. The BBC reports that maritime rescuers from Spain have spent days looking for the boat, which went missing for more than a week. The aid group Walking Borders said the boat has many children on board. Two other boats have also gone missing. Their whereabouts are unknown. And the northern lights could be visible across at least 16, possibly 17 states this week. The University of Alaska Fairbanks Geophysical Institute is predicting high activity of the aurora borealis on Wednesday and Thursday across much of the northern U.S. as well as parts of Canada. The forecast says the colorful light show in the night sky will be visible as far south as Indiana and from Maine to Washington State. The best time to see the northern lights will be from 10 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. local time, and the best place to see them will be in rural areas away from city lights. In sports, the Red Sox wrap up their series with the Athletics last night with a 4-3 win. The Sox take a break this week until Friday when they face off against the Chicago Cubs. First pitch at 8.05 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. We're looking at it being cloudy and humid today with those spot thunder showers around the area. Expect these to be heavy at times. We'll have some heavy downpours moving in with it. We'll be reaching a high of 77 degrees. Heading into the evening hours, we'll still keep the thunderstorms lingering around the area and into the overnight. We're going to stay humid and mostly cloudy for the night, 65 degrees. For tomorrow, warmer with a mix of sun and clouds, high of 84. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It's currently 70 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Think of it as breakfast for your mind. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Yeah, that's 
welcome back in. And, of course, we like to talk about things in the heat of the moment right here on WBSM. And later on today, right after this program, will be South Coast Now, the show where you can talk about things in the heat of the moment because Chris and Marcus will be here with you to talk about everything that's happening across the South Coast and beyond. And, of course, taking your phone calls, bringing in interesting guests. So uh, make sure you tune in to that. It's every weekday from 9 to noon. You've been listening to it now for quite a while. We had South Coast tonight, and then we moved them to the daytime, and then we decided we're going to call it South Coast now because it's what's happening now on the South Coast. And, of course, South Coast tonight will be on later on tonight with Jessica Machado. She'll be back from vacation. She'll tell you all about her vacation, I'm sure, and uh, we'll find out whether or not she did any fishing and if she was able to catch any fish. While she was on vacation, she's got, she's got uh, cards here waiting for her. She's got packages waiting for her. One of these days, somebody's just going to send her a striped bass. If you do that, though, please make sure it's you know properly packed and dry ice, and let us know that it needs to be refrigerated. Anyway, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you want to join in the conversation, I was talking before about the impending closure. Uh, or the impending uh, auction, I should say, of Peaceful Meadows and Whitman. But we've we've lost quite a bit of businesses around here. And it's not just because of the pandemic. I think a lot of people look at the last couple of years and they say, well, it's hard for businesses to stay going on with how high the cost of everything is. You know, the inflation is driving up costs on things. Supply chain issues is driving up costs on things. So... It's hard for businesses to stay going, especially if you're a small independent business. But I think part of what we're seeing, too, with a lot of these is you see family businesses where the, the family just doesn't want to take over. The family doesn't want to stay in the family business. Now, sometimes you have the opposite of that, where the, fam- you know, the younger generation steps in and takes over. You know, I remember writing a a story last year about Central Cafe in Middleborough where the kids were taking over. The kids and some of their friends who had worked there for, for, you know, a decade since the time they were teenagers, they were taking it over from their fathers. And they were excited. They were ready to step up, ready for the challenge. It looks like from everything I've seen on, on social media, they're doing well with it. But we've also seen a lot of businesses where the, Owners have said, yeah, our, our family just doesn't want doesn't to do it. They don't want to take it over. So when we're ready to, to step down and retire, when, when we've had, when we've had our, our time running the business and we're ready to do some other things with our lives, if there's no next generation to take it over, we're going to have to sell. And we've seen that happen with, uh, with quite a few businesses around here. I think that's what happened with, uh, with with Chuck's China Inn, right? That was one of them. We've seen some others where, you know, they're just, there isn't somebody to step up. We've seen other cases too. If you, you know, look at some of the other restaurants, I know Cafe Italia, that was, you know, illness that, that led to that closure. So there's always going to be those other instances where somebody has to close up shop for different reasons. But yeah, I guess... I guess you really can't count on starting a family business anymore and having the family want to stay in it. And I don't know what causes that. I mean, some of you out there who have family businesses, you can let me know what it is that you see working with your children 
or your grandchildren or your nieces and nephews or whoever it might be that's in your employ. You know, I worked in a business that was owned by an individual person whose son was of the mindset that, you know, when, when my father's ready to step down, I'm taking this over. And he had a very cavalier attitude about it. He didn't put in the work. He kind of, you know, ran it as if he was the boss already and didn't, didn't, didn't do the same level of, of work and dedication to the place that his own father gave. And so it was not a surprise that he didn't leave it to his son. Because his son didn't prove that he could step up and handle it. He, he looked at it as, this is my birthright, and I'm just going to take it over, and I'm going to do what I want, and I'm going to float until that time. And the boss said to me, I, I, I don't feel comfortable leaving it to him because I don't, I don't think he cares enough. I don't think he's serious enough. He's not dedicated enough. But I think also there's some degree of some people just don't want to be in the family business. Some people don't want to do what their parents did and run their family's business, especially when families have a tendency to start them at a young age in that business. Now, if you own a, an HVAC business and, and you're putting your kid in there or landscaping business or whatever it may be, and you're putting your kid in there from a young age and they're doing hard work every day, well, they might say to themselves, this, this isn't what I want to do for a living. I don't want to spend every day of my life doing this and you're trying to explain to them you're going to make a really good living doing this and you're going to be your own boss and and you're going to be able to to be in control of the business but they look at that and they say yeah but uh, there's also a lot of headaches that come with that too maybe i can do something where i can be the boss but not have to be the main person doing all the work so i think part of that comes into play as well i think where we have such a diversity of available work now and a changing working landscape where people don't even have to go into offices anymore. There's a lot of options out there for, for the next generation, for younger people. And they might not have the same interest that their parents had. And let's face it, some of these businesses, it takes a special person to be able to do it. You can't sell ice cream unless you are a happy, good-natured person because that's a happy, good-natured experience for people. They don't want to go to an ice cream stand where somebody's going to be like, here, yeah, what do you want? Ugh, got to make another Sunday. You know, you've got to be on all the time. You've got to be happy, upbeat. This is a treat for those people and you've got to be part of that treat. Now, there is a, a younger generation of the family that owns Peaceful Meadows that went on to run the other locations. So they, they did have multiple generations involved in it, but also maybe they decided, you know, maybe their kids or their grandkids decided this isn't for me. I, I looked into years ago with my father-in-law possibly buying an ice cream business. He had kind of toyed with the idea of, of buying it and having, having me run it, me and my wife together running it. And I, I was all for it. I love the idea. But then I thought to myself, am I the kind of person that could serve ice cream to somebody on a busy summer night when it's hot? 
and everybody's just looking for their ice cream to cool themselves down and, and you're in there busting ass, running around. Could I, could I keep a smile on my face all the time? I don't know that I could. Plus, I'd probably eat all the profits. 508-996-0500. We'll take a break and be back in a few moments. Well, that's a song you will definitely hear on 50s Night because once again, Joe Jesus' 50s Night returns to downtown New Bedford on Thursday, July 20th. And to get the party rocking, WBSM is throwing it back to the 50s with a special broadcast before, during, and after the event. We'll spin all the platters that matter on 1420 AM, 99.5 FM, and the WBSM app. We're going to be playing exclusively 50s tunes that the whole family can enjoy from 3 p.m. until 10 p.m. That's right, seven straight hours of all the 50s hits. Buddy Holly, Elvis, Brenda Lee, Patsy Cline, what else? All those great doo-wop groups. Little Richard, Fats Domino. Going to hear so much great stuff. And then it'll be followed by a special two hours of backseat music for mom and dad from 10 to midnight. That's going to be all the slow songs for when you want to sit down on the couch together or maybe hop in the backseat of the car, whatever it is you want to do. Kids, they're, they're just back there looking for mom's contact lens. The special broadcast is brought to you by our community sponsors, Gaspar's Linguisa, Empire Ford of New Bedford, Cottage Street Motors, and Jose Matos of Advanced Financial Group. So again, that's happening 50s night, Joe Jesus's 50s night, Thursday, July 20th. Right in downtown New Bedford, you can go and check out all of the great cars and performances and everything that's going to be going on downtown, and we will have your soundtrack to all of it broadcasting on WBSM. You'll also get a chance to come down and hang out and say hi to some of us. We'll, uh, we'll be down at our WBSM table, so you can say hi to me, and I think Chris McCarthy's going to be down there, and maybe Jess Machado will pop down, and Barry was there last year. I'm sure he'd like to come back again this year, and we will uh, we'll happily... Talk to all of you, but uh, I don't think you want to get up and dance with me. I, I don't really have very good 50s dance moves. I really don't have very good dance moves overall. But certainly I can't do any of those 50s dances. Can't do the hand jive. And, and don't even get me started on the 60s dances. The Watusi, the Monkey, the Twist. I could probably do the Twist. I can do the Twist. Don't know how long I can keep it up for, but I can do it. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll see me do a little bit of that on 50s night. But I hope that you all come out and enjoy and have a great time all in memory of the great Joe Jesus. All right. Well, we have room for you at 508-996-0500. We're going to be talking later on in the program with Jack Spillane about some of the goings on in New Bedford over the last couple of weeks. He's been on vacation all of last week, but uh, he'll get caught up on everything because he's going to be filling in for me on Friday of this week and Monday of next week. So while I'm in Gettysburg, he's going to be the person covering for you, and you know he always has 
great conversations to have with you. Uh, I know, you know, a, a lot of times when you're sitting at home, your phone might go off and, and scare you with that loud buzz, that amber alert buzz. But those help. Those make a big difference in finding missing kids. And right now, police are searching for a missing girl. It's not an amber alert, but it's, it's a search going on for a missing girl in Lowell. She's a seven-year-old seven girl who is autistic and nonverbal. So police are asking anybody that lives in the area of East Merrimack Street in the Belvedere neighborhood and through the area of River Road on the Tewksbury line to keep an eye out for young Anna. Described by police as a black female, approximately four feet, seven inches tall, weighing 70 pounds, last seen wearing black shorts, a white vest, and a purple hair tie. They're asking people to look in their yards, to look in some of their, um, some of their you know, playhouses they might have in the backyard or some of their you know, outdoor tents or whatever, that they think that she's probably not gone far, but that she has just kind of wandered away from home. But if you know anybody that lives in that area, please spread the word. Uh, the, uh, the Lowell police have everything up on social media so that you can check it out and pass around her photo. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hi, Tim. It's your other girlfriend. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I, how are you? All right. I have a question. Have you heard anything about a musical event happening in downtown New Bedford, maybe the end part of July, and they're going to have multiple stages, and one of the stages will be Wings Court? Uh, I know that they're going to be doing the summer concert series. Is that what you're referring to? No, this was a this was um, advertised as a first annual, so this is the first time it's been done, and they have a lot of different groups. And I just wondered if anyone had heard about this. No, oh, I don't. I mean, if I if it's been on the radio, I must have missed it. Have they talked no, about it no, here? No, I saw it on Facebook. I saw it on Facebook. So. Um, maybe Jack Spillane will know something about it. Yeah, they have they have regular arts reporting in the New Bedford Light. I'm sure that they have something about it. Right. It sounded very good. I mean, anytime you can get out there and have, you know, some, some fun in the summertime and enjoy a good performance, that's always a good thing. Agreed. Agreed. Will you be out there for 50s night? Oh, I hope so. All I right. Well, so. make sure you come on by the table and say I'll hello. I'll have to take a nap in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, take care, Tim. You as well. Have a good day. You too. And 508-996-0500. I'll see what I can find out about that. It's probably something that I've read like a press release about or we've, you know, talked about um, off the air and I just haven't, it just isn't dawning on me what's what's happening there. Uh, but they always do have a great lineup of things, a great roster of things going on downtown all summer long. And the fact that people, you know, come out from all over, that's pretty impressive. I don't, I'm not going to Providence for things that Providence is doing. But people from Providence will come to New Bedford for things that we do here. And that's pretty impressive. All right, I'm going to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back in. You know, I think what the caller was referring to was the first annual New Bedford Roots and Branches Festival. And I don't know why that went out of my mind. That's, you know, the folks who have stepped up in the, in the, um, with the loss of the New Bedford Folk Festival, they're stepping up and putting on the first annual New Bedford Roots and Branches Festival that'll ha be happening on Saturday, July 22nd. It's going to be a day of acoustic music downtown with multiple stages and over six hours of live music. 
offering a day of unity and expression through folk music. So that's going to be happening on July 22nd in the downtown area, in the Wings Court area, is where things will 